Now, I'd like to ask the following people to get ready to just share what God did in your heart on the camp. Anton Skierpers, Peter Skoltz, Derek Askew, Rodney Cronier, Byron Donaldson, Louis Duplessis, and Peter Turon. Okay, that's about seven guys. Would you guys please come stand up close to the front? And uh, now, this is testimony time. Is that okay? Is it all right if we do some testimonies? Good. In some of these old African-American churches, you would have testimony now, brother. Where we talk about Jesus, praise him. This is testimony day. Okay, Anton. Yes. Amen. Let's wait for them to calm down. <laughs> Your folks, it was an incredible time. I really, uh, I think John um, summarized it well this morning by saying it was a time of, of destiny. I was uh, in a fortunate position with my brother Jan to be there from the Wednesday, and you could just feel the whole weekend as, as the thing was building. And on the Friday night, we were all standing there, arms locked. And I just closed my eyes, and I just sensed this, this feeling of this lager syndrome of, of Arama Oekiki, and um, poor me, woe is me, and this, this almost this victimization kind of attitude that some of us have in a situation in South Africa. I just felt that leaving, and I felt God's peace and His strength and His love, and that sense of destiny rise up in me. This wonderful um, uh, young head, a friend of ours. Now, I see, I've just seen his face. I don't know if I can mention that. But this friend of mine was very, was very unsure of himself at the, at the start of the weekend. But you'll forgive me. And every time there was, a, there was a call to give your heart to the Lord, there was all Chris standing up, hand in the air, and, and making sure that he was going to heaven. It was quite comical, actually. Every time there was the vaguest... Um, indication that, that there was a chance for him to show and indicate that he'd, made a, a court, that, that he'd given his heart to the Lord. He, he put his hand up. Um, I left there with a sense of we've got to come back now and we've got to understand and appreciate that we are not victims in South Africa. We are not here um, in a lager uh, environment. We are here to be part of the change in South Africa. Our country is not going to go the way of the devil. It's not even a fight that we have to fight. It's a matter of us knuckling down, as Angus said. It was his opening words. If we get together and we pray, God will heal our land. With so many people crying out. And I know that you're standing with me, because that was the, the theme message, was watchman of the house. And I believe you're standing with me. On our um, uh, city walls, as we lock arms and we pray for the, for the future and the soul of South Africa. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. This is the first time I've been to, to Mighty Men uh, this time last year. <clears throat> My wife said to me, you need to go, but I chose to go hunting instead. And, and I'm, I'm very sad about that. Um, my first time, and unfortunately my last time, but it, it was probably the most significant event um, in my Christian walk to date. Uh, and the reason why I've got my Bible in front of me is because that's what Angle Angus says. This is, this is the manual. So I've made a couple of notes just to try and make some sense of everything I learned this weekend. Um, a couple of things. Um, it's time that we started call, calling sin by its name and stop compromising to all the other views and opinions that are going through. But I think there are two things that really stuck out for me for the weekend is 
Um, we need to wait on the Lord. In Isaiah 40, verse 31, it says, Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And the key thing for me coming out of that was waiting in the Lord means we've got to serve the Lord. Too many of us, and I'm speaking to myself here at the moment, we are too busy to be able to listen to God. And God will not get through to us if we are too busy. And then the last one is the, the really key thing for me is around the issue of living, of living by faith. We've started many things, and I've got a story to tell you because I met with a number of the leaders in the church early on this year to get involved in some ministry in, um, in Choose Life. <clears throat> and um, I started quite strong but ended well, quite weak. Um, 2 Corinthians 5 says we live by faith and not by sight. And the key issue for me was, you know, we, you know, how many times do we spend starting things and trying to finish things in our own strength, in our own bodies, and not in the faith of God? God always honors the faith. It was a powerful weekend. I'm sad it's the last one. I look forward to to the um, events in the stadiums, as Angus said. The soccer stadiums weren't built for soccer; they were on loan to the soccer. There are stadiums. I look forward to it. Thank you very much. I, um, I had a couple of things I was going to just share quickly. I was sitting down there about two Sundays before we, we were going to go down, and I just felt the Lord telling me to take my son with. He's 12 years old. And I thought, wow, that's not what I intended to do, but that's fine. I'll do that. And spoke to my boy and spoke to my wife, and off we went. But that was a very special time. I just to sleep in the tent with my boy, hear him breathing away at night, and yeah, it was quite special. And to see how he responded to the, just the presence of God, even on Saturday morning, he was sitting and he just said, I mean, there's just thousands of guys all over the place. And just for one, literally about half an hour, suddenly there was no one around. I don't know where all the guys, I think the guys had gone to book seats in the, in the main area. And we just sat there and he said, gee, Dad, it's so peaceful here. And I, we were just chatting and he said, is that the peace of God that I can feel? It's so peaceful here. And he could just, just to see how God worked in him. I don't know all the things that God did, but God just worked in that little boy of mine. He's not so little anymore. But God just worked in him, and I could see his response. And he stood up there, and he was declaring all the, proclaiming all the things and following what, what Angus said. It was just wonderful. So that was just on that side. Um, the other thing was really, I, I love the showers. It was just so funny. Yeah. <laughs> You can imagine the two, three rugby fields. That was just on our side. I don't even know if there were showers on the other side. But it was absolutely hilarious. And it was just, it was a hot, it was hot as well. Mama mia. Um, so it was so nice just to stand and have this cool water falling on you. You could, you could look out over the whole area and you're standing out there in the open. It was wonderful. That was just a highlight for me. <laughs> um, what else? Oh, yeah, the other funny thing was you can imagine, you know, all the snoring and stuff at night. And... Uh, and the generator's going off at 4 o'clock in the morning and that type of thing, some of these characters. But I put my earplugs in because I've slept in rooms with guys before, Mum, It's not good. Eh? You battle to sleep. I put my earplugs and I slept like a baby. It was wonderful. But far in the distance, they're actually close, like literally two or three meters away. These guys were really, it sounded like chainsaws going off. But I couldn't hear them because I put my earplugs in. So that's just a tip. If you battle with sleeping, take your earplugs with. Um... Some of the things that spoke to me 
I really appreciated what God's done in Angus's life. There's a change, and I think after he had that experience last year where he nearly moved on, um, somehow there's, he's a lot, not a lot more serious. That doesn't come across right, but it's less of him and more of God. Uh, he's a very real person like all of us. He makes mistakes. He had to publicly got up and told everyone how he'd nearly blown it in the morning. He wanted to walk down from his house down to the arena and greet, mix with everyone because he just, that's the type of guy as he wants to socialize. But his boys said to him, Dad, you can't do it. And he said, I'm going to do it. I'm walking down. And they said, no, you can't, Dad. You need to come with us. We're going to come in the bucky. We're going to get there. I'm doing it. I want to mix with these guys. And the boys said, you can't do it, Dad. And he got quite, probably quite feast, quite annoyed about it, I think, and he wanted to do it. And then his wife said to him, you need to listen to your boys. Because the bottom line is if you walk all the way down there, by the time you get to the bottom, you won't have any words left. You won't get there on time because you'll stop and talk to everybody. And you won't be able to do what God wants you to do. So he's a man who's walking a living death, if you know what I mean by that. And that really spoke to me because I think, yeah, we're all at different places. We, we need to walk that living death where we walk crucified. And you can see he's struggling with it. He really is. But he's overcoming as well. So that was really good. I think that's all I need to say. Rodney. Thanks, John. As a man is, so he sees. And that we didn't hear once. We heard it how many times? As a man is, so he sees. I was becoming very hopeless, very negative. I buy the paper every morning and I read the front page. And my focus was where are we going, where are we ending up. And I came back with renewed hope for this country. Um, I stood one the, the first morning and I was on the the, uh, the western side or the northern side looking over to the east and I don't think that you can even begin to get an idea from what we saw in the video what it looked like and it was literally like an army and I just got a picture of the men beginning to move like an army down into the valley and up onto the hills and that's what God is calling us to be to be that army of change but not to pick up our arms because God has already won the battle we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principality and powers in high places. And his core verse was from Ezekiel chapter 3. God is calling us to be watchmen. And it begins with ourselves and in our homes. And it's easy to complain about the government and what the government isn't doing. But he says it begins with us. And if we humble ourselves and call on God, God will change our nation. He will save. And God is calling on men he says you can't be a watchman if you're sleeping. He says you can't be a watchman if you're sleeping. Sleeping with your girlfriend if you're a guy. He talks straight. You can't be a watchman and blow the trumpet if you're sleeping with your secretary. He says you can't blow the trumpet if you're stealing from the receiver of revenue. He says, you can only blow the trumpet when you have a clear conscience. And the first evening was a time of repentance. And we all, doesn't matter how long you've been saved, he says, God's not interested in when you were saved in 1965. God's interested about now. And I want to challenge those of you who weren't there. There's nothing special about us. God is looking for every single man to stand up. And if every man 
can play his part to begin to blow the trumpet, God's going to bring about change. And I want to challenge you guys. To be, we don't need Uncle Angus. Praise God for him. But he says, God doesn't need more Billy Grahams. He says, each and every one of us can be a Billy Graham. And I want to put out a challenge to the guys. There's many guys here. I know when we arrange our men's camp, we say, well, how many are we going to have? Maybe 100, maybe 200. We're conservative. We book a place that can accommodate 100. God says, I want you to have more faith. I'm having more faith this year that we can book out a place and that every single man in this place can be at our camp because we've brought back the fire. We've brought back the fire. That's what Uncle Angus says. There's no more mighty men. He says, why? He says, because God told me. He says, now you go back. You go back. You go back. You go back. That's what we've done. We've come back. And I want to challenge every single guy. If you have to sleep on the ground, man, a little bit of discomfort never killed anybody. Amen. Praise God. Jan Hippe. By the way, Jan didn't come in a camp, or he didn't stay in a tent, shall I say. He had his caravan, double-wheel caravan, with all the luxuries and everything. It must have been tough, eh? Thank you, John. I just want to give glory to God that He gave us the opportunity to, to be there. And for the second time, I was there last year, uh, first of all, I want to thank him that I took two friends there. And the day when I asked them, do you want to come with? Yes, yes. And the first altar call, both of them stood up and gave their hearts to, to the Lord. I praise him for that. <laughs> but I, I want to share, because a lot of funny things happen on a camp like that. For instance, if I take off my glasses, I can just see vaguely there's some people here. And so if I'm watching on, uh, look at my watch without my glasses, I can't see the time. So one morning, hey, it's quarter past six. Now quarter past seven. In the meantime, it was quarter past four in the morning, so I start the generator. <laughs> but funny enough, after starting the generator, you could hear the snoring stopped. And guys start praying. So it wasn't me. It was God started the generator. Baron, where are you, Baron? Share the testimony of your friend, please. Uh, I've told John, I was like trying to chirp him because I knew, I knew there would be testimony time. I said to him, I can't describe what happened on that weekend. But he won't leave me alone. I had a very dear friend, um, a work colleague from years, years back came and uh, attended the conference. He wasn't with us. He was camping with uh, the people that invited him. We were four. It was John, Mark, Vanna, and myself that were camping together. And I arranged for him just to join our, um, our, us in the afternoon. The guys were going to sleep and him and I were going to spend some time together. When he arrived there, through a process of elimination, my mate realized that Vanna, who was camping with us, is a guy who counseled him a few years ago over the telephone for hours and hours after he'd lost his one twin. He gave his, <coughs> he gave his heart to the Lord this week, that weekend. 
But God met with him in more ways than just him giving his life to Jesus. We were able to spend the whole afternoon. John, Mark, afternoon sleeps were gone. Everybody was able to minister to this young man. And um, I'm happy to report that every day this week, I've heard either a text or a Skype message or whatever from him. And the message that's coming through is that God has restored him completely. And he says quite boldly in a message to me, my wife realizes there's some changes in the house. So I know they're fellowshipping today in Levenavort in Johannesburg. So we just pray that the Lord will continue to work in that life. I do want to take an opportunity, though, for, for 30 seconds just to address the ladies, if I may. God is, is and has been for some time preparing your men for battle, not just these men, all the men. But Angus said something very interesting. He says, we need the women to pray while the men are in battle. And while I was in the service this morning, for some reason, the Lord just emphasized to me that there are ladies here who have been so hurt by men. In so many ways, they can hardly face God, let alone pray for the men. And the word the Lord has for you today is that He is your Father. I don't know why in particular... But the Lord showed me two specific ladies that I know of, but I, I believe he did it for a purpose. And, and they're not married. And they don't think that God has a plan for them. And they will not open their hearts up to a man of God to come into their lives, to be the head over them and their household. They won't even give them a chance because they have been so hurt by other men. And God, I'm asking you, God is asking you, please let go of those issues and those things. God as Father today is putting His arms around you, and He is loving you. And in restoring you, God has purposed for you a special man, a man who will love you, care for you, walk with you and lead you in the ways of God. So there's two things. There's, there's for the ladies who are married who may have been hurt by men in the past, please lay it down. I'm asking you on behalf of the men, lay it down. Pray, because God is sending your men into a battle, a spiritual battle, but we need you as the ladies to stand behind us and pray. And the second issue is for the ladies who, who can't even open themselves. They so desire to have a husband, to have a man, who will be with them, care for them, lead them in the ways of God, be the head of their homes. And God is saying He is restoring you today. Amen. Thank you, Brian. Me. This was um, <clears throat> here we go. This was uh, such an incredible weekend.
to see so many guys just openly crying, hugging each other, and praising the Lord. Um, just to to let you guys know that, you know, a week before we went, um, I felt that God was anointing us. And it was here in the service. And the weekend when we got there, um, we got there late, we went by motorbike. So late Friday evening we, we arrived there, and it looked like a city. All of a sudden, out of these pine forests, there was this massive, massive city. And uh, it took uh, my friend and I a few, probably about an hour and a half to find a place where we could, where our friends were. And uh, we felt that you know, this was, there was something going to happen this weekend, and it was indescribable. And uh, we, that the, Friday, the Saturday evening of the service, I uh, had that same vision again where, where Jesus was anointing us. And that's when Angus anointed all the men as watchmen. And the, the message that, com- that comes from everybody that spoke now is very, very similar. We are all watchmen. We must look after each other and stand on the walls and pray. Because that's the only way we're going to rectify all the problems in our country, in your family, in your home, everywhere. It's just by praise and by prayer and prayer and prayer. And God will do the rest. Jesus will, will save everybody and sort all the problems out. But it's not a physical fight. This is just by prayer. Let God do the fight for us. And that's the only thing. And just also just to, um, to say for the ladies as well, Angus said there's, there's no stronger man than, has got a, that, than a man that has got his wife backing him up 100%. That guy will, will conquer anything. So, uh, yeah, this was a fantastic and blessed, and I'm very proud to be a part of such an event. Just Christo and then Peter. Um, it was really, it was incredible. But there's just one thing I want to say to all the men there that really hit home for me while we were there is that Angus said we were not a bunch of worms. We are a bunch of men, and we must stand up in that and take responsibility for that. We are not a bunch of worms, and we have a huge responsibility. And um, you know, I just challenge every every single man here, every single man that's. That was there as well. To stop, stop being worms and stop thinking us of ourselves as worms and stop and stand up in the, in the power that God has given us. Now I've got a, I've got a little bit more experience than Baron and John in the Mighty Men's conferences. But uh, <laughs> about a year ago, uh, the Lord told me to take my father and my brother to Mighty Men. They live down in the Cape and. Um, I knew they would not come because of the cost. And at that time, I made the commitment to fully sponsor them, fly them up here, sponsor them for the weekend. And for me, the highlight was on the Friday evening, my brother didn't go for church to, for eight years. He didn't go to church. My father is in a, one of the sisters' churches, and we often differ um, in the opinion of what salvation means. And on the Friday night, <laughs> both of them put their hands up. And I praise the Lord for that, because they made a change for that. For me personally, as a man sees, so he is. And I see a multitude of men who's going to make a change in this country. And I challenge all you guys out there, don't buy the newspaper, John, or Byron, Byron. Don't buy the newspaper tomorrow. Don't believe what this country, what the newspapers, Julius Malema and all the other guys are saying about South Africa. Start believing what God says about this country, about your own prosperity, about your own saving, about your own protection. 
ADT, Job, all these guys, they can't keep you safe. God will keep you safe every single night. Start praying about your house and your business, everything today. Don't believe what, this, uh, what the news says about this. You take authority in your house and start believing what God says about you and your house. Amen. 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 All right, let's give them a hand, guys. You can take your seats. I'd like to take you to one scripture, and then we're going to close with that song that we were singing earlier on about it's time for the reign of God. Just have a look with me, would you, at Ezekiel chapter 3. Please turn in your Bibles to Ezekiel. Isn't it amazing that there were so many men on this camp from Choose Life? Isn't that amazing? Praise the Lord for that. Wow. On the video we showed, we said 63, but that was just those that were camping right there. So uh, it seems like we were definitely around about 100, if not more, men on the camp. Amazing. Amazing. Now, Ezekiel 3 and verse 16, 16 to 21. It's actually 16 to 19, but I want to include the last two verses. Now, this was the, the theme scripture, the keynote address that Angus shared with us, and this was on the Friday night. The theme of the camp was Watchmen of the House. And this is the verse of scripture. It's quite a sobering verse. It says, Verse 16 of Ezekiel 3, Now it came to pass at the end of seven days that the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. I want to say that again. Son of man, I have made you, this is God speaking, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word from my mouth, and give them warning from me. When I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his way, to save his life, that same wicked, wicked man shall die in his iniquity. But his blood I will require at your hand. Quite something. Verse 19. Yet if you warn the wicked, and he does not turn from his wickedness nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. Again, when a righteous man turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die, because you did not give him warning. He shall die in his sin, and his righteousness which, we has done, which he has done shall be remembered no more but his blood I will require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the righteous man, sorry, yeah, the righteous man, that the righteous should not sin, and he does not sin, surely he will live because he took warning, and also you will have delivered your soul. Quite a fascinating scripture. And I believe that the Lord has used Uncle Angus this past weekend, to speak that word to the nation of South Africa. And I think there's a couple of things we need to first of all realize that we are watchmen of the house. 
And spiritually, this doesn't only extend to men, but it extends, I believe, to ladies as well, to the women. I believe God has called many a woman to be a watchman on the wall in terms of intercession. God has called you and me to be watchmen. And if the watchman is sleeping, how can he blow the trumpet to warn that the enemy is coming? But the watchman, if he is awake, he can blow the trumpet and everybody can prepare so that the enemy doesn't overcome. And I believe that a sound was sounded over this weekend. By the way, Angus had somebody play a trumpet every single session. He had somebody come up and blow a trumpet, do a trumpet call. And I believe that as that was taking place, there was the call going out. And it is a call for us as God's people to stand up, also to humble ourselves and pray and seek God's face so that this nation will not be overcome by the enemy, so that this nation will rise up in its purposes that God has established many, many years ago. What do we watch over? We watch over, firstly, our homes. That's where it starts. That's where we earn our credibility, watching over our homes, making sure that there's integrity in our lives, making sure that in terms of our marriages, that our wives are nourished. There's many wives that are undernourished because their husbands are not affirming them, their husbands are not providing the necessary affection. But God wants the woman in the home to be like a flourishing vine at the table. God wants the sons and the daughters in the home to be like olive trees and like oaks of righteousness. That's God's picture. But it starts by being a watchman in the home. Also, we need to be watchmen in our places of employment. We need to be watchmen in our communities and also in our nation. But I'd like to say something about being watchmen in our communities is that when your community starts to display something that's not in line with God's Word, you have to speak out against it. There is a community in this city of Pretoria Tswane, and studies have been done on this community and they have discovered it is a matriarchal community. Esterus. It's a community where because the men have abdicated their responsibility, ladies have ended up being heads of household. Ladies have ended up leading the community. It's not the ladies' fault, it's the men's fault. Because the men haven't stood up. But you know what? God wants to warn. God wants to speak His word that the men need to stand up and be the force to be reckoned with as soldiers of the cross, as soldiers of God, as soldiers of the King. But in some households as well, across the broader Pretoria, there's men that aren't standing up and taking up their spiritual responsibility. Well, now's the time. The call has been sounded. Now's the time. In terms of our nation, now's the time to be watchmen. The world is waiting for us, the watchmen, to blow the trumpet. Romans 8 verse 19, For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. I want to say it is time. It is time for the reign of God. It is time for your light to shine. It is time for the kingdom of our God to be revealed. Amen! Amen!